0: The Wealth Building Project Podcast. Hi, everyone. Thanks for jumping on today. My name is John Verry. I'm your host, and you're watching The Wealth Building Project, an education by experience system focused on three pillars, sales wisdom, financial literacy, and personal development. This is episode number five. If you're tuning in now for the first time, please go back and watch episodes one to four. In each episode, I do my absolute best to try to keep everything real simple, real clear, and real easy to understand, keeping in the themes of our three pillars while telling a story you could follow. In episode one, we talked about the movement we're creating, the Wealth Building Project. We talked about the Wealth Building Project as a mission, much more about giving than receiving. We discussed how the wealth building project is really just a metaphor for life. Everyone has got their own version of the wealth building project. In episode two, we talked about ways to jumpstart your personal development crusade, like how to start feeling good about yourself and with others, and really helping you discover your place by helping you better connect with yourself and your mission. Personal development is really very broadly defined but many of the things we talk about in episode two will help you establish that roadmap, which will help you become your best version of the wealth building project. Okay, so in episode three, we talked about how to make more money, and it all starts with you making a very necessary first step, which many people are not willing to do. We talk about getting involved in direct sales first. We keep it real simple, If you cannot sell yourself or you're not willing to sell a product or you're not in a business where you can increase income or your entrepreneurship crusade is not paying the bills, you need to call a timeout and recalibrate. If you cannot generate income to live on, then forget about the influencers trying to define for you what they think passive income means. In episode number four, we talked about how to get the first win which is basically the starting point to building wealth. When I refer to the win, I'm discussing what I think you should do every single day to monitor your spending behaviors so you can save and store money for investment. You have to think back in life to any moment or individual who may have given you the confidence you needed to make the change you were thinking about but was not sure how to make it happen. These people are mostly the people who gave you the impetus to make the change. Not everyone is fortunate to have these mentors or this type of positive influence, but this is why the Wealth Building Project exists. You have to think back to the individual who spoke highly of you, gave you confidence, made you think a few extra times before acting on anything so you could develop confidence and then momentum so, you could change. In episode five, today's episode, we're gonna keep the story rolling. The idea is to look at your life in a time capsule. My goal with this podcast in general is to talk to my younger self. It really doesn't matter which younger self I'm speaking to either, right? You could be 17 years old talking to your 10 year old self, knowing what you know today at the age 17. Or you could be 27 years old talking to your 17-year-old self knowing what you know at the age of 27, right? You could be 40 talking to your 24-year-old self, for example, or 27-year-old self. You could be 50 talking to your 40-year-old self, and you could be 50 talking to your 49-year-old self a day ago, right? The problem is too many times... We don't know our direction in life no matter what age we're at or from one day to the next. We never get the training to do it or there are a million things that sidetrack us. So here's the one point of today's episode as it relates to getting your financial matters in order and establishing financial wealth through your very own version of the Wealth Building Project, which might look very different from your neighbor's version or your friend's version or your family member's version, you need to think closely about the word value. Value equals equity, and you will never build real financial wealth without equity. No matter what age you're at, and it's never too late to think about value, it's never too late to think about value. Let me give you the best example I know. Warren Buffett, the chairman of Berkshire Hathaway, most people know, if you don't, Buffett established the majority of his financial wealth starting at the age of 50 years old. He's one of the most world-renowned investors of our lifetime and the seventh wealthiest person in the world today. I could do thousands of podcasts covering just his material and the power of his brand and marketing alone as it relates to value alone. Buffett has a lot of strategies, but the one I think that is most important when it comes to establishing a nucleus for wealth is his ability to recognize value and using leverage to create a compounding effect. We won't get into the word leverage today, but it's probably one of the most important words and principles to building financial wealth. Today, Buffett is 93 years old and worth over 120 billion simply due to his ability to connect with long-term value better than anyone else. Again, I could write a thesis on Buffett and his profound impact to the financial free world. The key point is this. Buffett had started investing in Berkshire Hathaway, an old, rundown New Bedford Mass textile company in 1962, which ironically was his worst investment at the time. He was able to garner control of the entire operation in 1965. The bottom line is this. When Buffett took old, took control of Berkshire Hathaway in 1965, shares were valued at about $19 a share. Today, Class A shares for Berkshire Hathaway trade for around $459,800 a share, which represents a mind-boggling return of 2,400,000% of your money. It's ridiculous. So that means $100 invested in 1965 would now be worth roughly 2.42 million. By buying shares of businesses that are well below their intrinsic values relative to the price for those shares, he was able to create compound value and not just compound interest. He's famous for for his saying, it's far better to buy a wonderful company at a fair price than a fair company at a wonderful price. All he's done is collected several, several valuable companies using shareholder capital, that is a leverage with a strategy to basically hold them forever and use the investment dividends to invest back into his holding company, Berkshire Hathaway. So his $120 billion net worth is the result of the value of Berkshire Hathaway today. So he has created two massive wealth building strategies. Number one, a massively valuable holding company based on a group of massively valuable companies that comprise Berkshire Hathaway. Number two, a massively valuable track record where his every move, including his bowel movements, move economies. That valuable track record alone and that name Warren Buffett make him one of the most valuable and revered financial brands on the planet. So there was an interview Buffett did a long time ago and at that time he was worth about 30 billion. He was asked a question by an audience member. Mr. Buffett, how did you get 30 billion dollars? he was asked. And Buffett's answer was very simple. Start young. What Buffett meant by that is start investing at the youngest age possible because we know when we have the ability to invest, we can create long-term wealth. We can compound compound interest over time and increase our equity ownership and assets. We can continue to compound our wealth by continuously reinvesting into our very own assets, creating additional assets, and generating a continuous flow of passive income. Buffett's real key principle to success is the enterprise value he's created by simply ignoring instant gratification taking capital, allocating it, reinvesting dividends, avoiding taxes, and rinse and repeating that strategy for literally six decades. Anybody can be an investor if you have money. But can that same person create value for the long term as an investor at the same time without succumbing to instant gratification of needing to sell it because it appreciated or using the dividends to live off of? The point I'm making is this. In simple terms, Buffett is now worth $120 billion as a capital allocator using billions of investment dollars to buy high value staple companies, insurance companies, real estate investment trusts, big banks, utility companies that have concepts that have existed for a hundred years and may exist for another hundred that generate a ton of cash flow and pay high dividends. Here is how he compounds his wealth. He uses leverage. Berkshire Hathaway started in 1965 by selling stock shares to the public. Buffett never started investing using any of his own money, and for every investment he makes on behalf of every shareholder of Berkshire, he never, ever, ever pays a dividend to his Berkshire Hathaway stockholders. In other words, any would-be dividends get reinvested back into each of the operating companies that Berkshire owns, and the capital is reinvested tax-free continuously. In Buffett's words, his best investment strategy is to buy and hold forever. So Coca-Cola is one of his largest holdings, and he started buying shares of Coca-Cola, I believe, in the mid-1980s. In the year 2022, Coca-Cola paid Buffett $704 million in dividends, and with three other major holdings like Apple, Bank of America, American Express, they combined paid Berkshire $4 billion in dividends that were all reinvested back into the organization tax-free. The point I'm trying to make is Buffett is the extreme example, but he's the metaphorical example of anybody's capability of harnessing the power of compound value, which is much more than just the time value of money. There's a difference. Buffett has a lifelong mission, which is to continue to build compound value and not just compound interest continuously without interruption and under the same exact playbook the message to my younger self is to start investing young yes but more importantly start to connect with the things that are valuable because they are important and meaningful to you they're sustainable they're survivable and human existence might not exist without them start there when i was picking my career for example i literally stumbled into telecommunications This was in the year 1996. I was at the time introduced to telecom when the internet revolution was just getting started. Today, when you think about telecommunications, and for example, the cell phone, this cell phone here, this is about as important to human survivability as a roof over your head. My message to my younger self is to think about what products are sustainable and survivable because human existence depends on them. In other words, no matter what happens to the economy, these businesses will still exist and thrive. In order to survive, we as humans depend on, no matter what, like clean air, clean water, food, shelter, and health, for example. For sustainability, we as humans depend on, you know, like logistics, and telecom, and real estate, and utilities, and financial services, and hospitals, and maybe grocery stores, if you're choosing a career, focus on the industries that humans depend on for sustainability and survivability and then get involved in the smaller startup businesses that are making a huge disruptive changes to these bigger sleeper sleepy industries. If you're choosing a career, focus on the industries that humans depend on for sustainability and then get involved in the smaller startup businesses that are making huge disruptive changes to these bigger sleepy industries. Then, offer to help them to grow their businesses by becoming a direct salesperson to drive new sales in exchange for equity. This is exactly what I did with Granite Telecommunications in the year 2002. I got involved at the very beginning and negotiated an equity position in the organization at the very beginning. It's now a very big business. I was lucky, yes, but there's no reason you can't push for the same opportunities, especially if you know you can deliver. I knew I could deliver, they knew I could deliver, I have delivered, and my equity has grown significantly. Again, you cannot build wealth without equity. You have to give the entrepreneurs, if you're working with them, a reason to want to bring you into the organization, and this is where your track record, like Warren Buffett, comes in handy. However, if you don't have a track record, it's okay. If you really believe in what they are doing, you are 100% confident in what they are doing and what they represent, and you know you can deliver, offer to work on a commission only. Offer to work extra time. Make sacrifices like on the weekends, but do it on the condition that you'll have a part of the ownership equity. It might not work, but at least you know, and you can and should make the decision to move on before starting. If you believe in your heart and your soul that the business you represent is the game changer for humanity, you might be willing to work for it for free. So you can create value based on the business system you represent according to how the business system is able to represent you. You're able to instantly compound that value based on your level of conviction and belief in that business system you represent. Think about that. Using the Warren Buffett example, if money had no importance, imagine how valuable you could make something where money had zero importance. Now, just reverse engineer that mindset in order to start connecting with the things most important to you, right? So what would you do if money did not matter? Would you still be at your day job, for example, right? We we said it many times before, I know I've said it many times before, and probably on previous episodes. Ask your younger self this, better yet, write an official note dated in time timestamps. Why do I get up every day to do what I do? I might know exactly what I do, but do I really know why I do it? I know my legacy is authored by me, and it's why my impact will be significant for billions of people, right? That's a mindset. It's called compound value, not just compound interest. So what would I do with my life if money were no object? If I could focus and make my why my only object and not the money that may or may not come with it, could I realize something more fulfilling? What if the impact of whatever I do right now gives me no money now, but a huge financial gain could be realized in 10 years, for example, would I make the sacrifice? Most people will not, they say overnight success, it takes 10 years, but if the impact of your work were felt 20 years later, do you think you could change the world? Ask yourself that question. I've said it before, if my why is strong enough, my how will always reveal itself. So here are some of the things I Googled, how I can do if money were not my issue. So the first thing I I saw, you know, it was, live in a different part of the world go to space buy an island cure a disease figure out a way to feed every hungry person on the planet stop a war might come in handy now stop global warming and environmental catastrophes stop a comet from plowing into the planet raise the global standard of living help educate those who do not have access to an education, always look my best, eat and drink only at the highest and healthiest quality, figure out a way to live forever. Now, if I had the money, I might be able to do some of those things today. If my horizon expands and I'm no longer limited to a specific timeline, the compounding effect starts to take place. I can shift my why to a compound value-based standard and not just a money standard or a compound interest-based standard. If I had compound value with a forever timeline, meaning beyond my lifetime, I would bet I'd be able to do a lot more of these things on that list. Warren Buffett will give away 100% of his fortune to charities at his passing because that's what's important to him. You can be assured his real net worth is the legacy he will leave. You can also be assured once Warren Buffett's gifting happens and these charities are endowed by his gifts, a compounding value for those beneficiaries will take place, or at least it should. If you're not already firmly convinced about the value you can deliver, you need to write the notes to your younger self with dates and timestamps. Here's the book to do it. Mine says, The Wealth Building Project, right? This is your miniature time capsule, a short journal timestamped with actions that you can review as frequently as you want. No matter what age you're at, you need to connect or reconnect with the things that are most valuable to you because you are really good at them and the impact you will make will be profound so profound it will create huge ripple effects that will compound over time. This is almost never just about money. Your money, your job, and your business is worth very little without the impact of compound value. No matter how much time you trade for money, it will never outdo the power of the investment you make in yourself first, and then your team, and then your assets you attach yourself to. Your organization is a function of you, and you either work for the organization or the organization works for you. When you trade your time for money only and there's no equity, you dilute your value system and it becomes a very, very expensive personal decision. You might have a team that you support within a company as an employee, for example, and that might be valuable to the company you represent and to your ability to grow within the company. However, when the company is not yours, or you're not taking part in the equity of the organization, you're building somebody else's value system. So when you trade your time for a paycheck, you make someone else's dreams possible, but never yours. If you trade your time for equity, you connect instantaneously to your compound value system. So it's like, I believe it's like turning a fire hose on. You establish not only a connection to what you're doing and building, it becomes a huge part of who you are. So it's up to you to determine how you scale, which by and large is attributed to the conviction you have in what you do and your ability to deliver as a leader. You are 100% locked into your ability to execute your team's willingness to buy into you as a leader and your willingness to buy into them to help you establish a healthy culture. You take small customer wins and you turn them into big wins and then you continue to validate the efforts of everyone involved, even when the results might be losses. You build confidence and you build momentum when your compound value system is in play, even when you're faced with some losses. So here's an exercise you could take from this episode. Write down in this journal, The Wealth Building Project, right? John Vary's Compound Value System. Add the date, November 9, 2023. Journal entry number one. Dear John, this is a note from your older self, and it's only from two days into the future. These are the three things to think about the next time you read this before making an additional journal entry to your compound value system. Number one, no matter how much financial wealth you build or think you can build, please try to stop and smell the roses often. Don't overwork yourself. If you have kids or a life partner, they won't remember you staying late at the office. They will remember the moments you paid attention to them. They will remember the moments you shared with them. Save those videos and photos you had of that recent vacation and watch them often. And especially if you're feeling down. This is a compound value system. Number two, find your safe zone and visit it once per day for one hour alone. This is the place where you can totally relax and let go. This might be an activity like driving in your car for no other reason than to just listen to your favorite music. This is the place where you can tune everything out because it's the place that makes you and your body feel good This is a compound value system. Number three, be careful of behaviors that will drive you to the people you should not be with, where you run the risk of making life-altering or even life-ending decisions. As crazy as that sounds. Your life could change in literally a snap of your fingers, we all know this, with one bad decision. Think once, twice, and three times before making any decisions, especially the important ones. Seek advice from others before you do, too. This is a compound value system. So now, so you're asking, what does this have to do with the podcast and the note to my younger self? The note to yourself, in hindsight, operates a lot like a gratitude journal, which we'll get into in later episodes. But the bottom line for episode number five here is this. The compound value system operates in all facets of your life. It doesn't have to be material. It doesn't have to be about money or equity or wealth creation. The impact of any decision you make in life has a compounding effect. It's up to you to interpret what it means and make the absolute best of it. Wealth and money isn't just about chasing goals. Sometimes the best goal is to be balanced and grounded and playing by the rules of addition by subtraction. Sometimes the wealth building project is about controlling your emotions and behaviors and actions and attitudes. You could be financially wealthy, really financially wealthy and very lonely. You can also risk losing a lot of it by simply not paying attention to the people that matter most. Your compound value system is unique to you. It's how you measure yourself and not how you compare yourself to someone else. Your compound value system is the best version of you from a personal development standpoint, a financial literacy standpoint, and perhaps even a sales wisdom standpoint. As I wrote, as I write my note to my younger self, here's my final edict. You're never too old to start your compound value system. And I'm going to conclude with this, a Warren Buffett quote titled, Love is Everything. Warren Buffett once said, when you get to my age, you'll measure your success in life by how many of the people you want to have love you actually love you. This is the ultimate test of how you have lived your life. The more you give love away, the more you get. That is his quote, And it's one of the best ones I've ever heard from him. How does compound value play a role for you personally and financially today? Ask yourself that question. Hang a note in the comments section. Tell us what you think. Please share this with a friend, a family member, your classmates, your coworkers. Hit the subscribe button below. Follow us on social media at the links below and tell us what's on your mind. My name is John Verry. I'm your host. You're watching the Wealth Building Project. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for episode number six. The next episode will be the best one yet. We got a surprise for you. In fact, we will have surprises for you every episode. I appreciate you all. I love you too. Be great.